Good evening, fans. As usual, a great privilege to be here again tonight. And just take a few moments of your time to speak. The rest of the time, I want to cut in praying for the sick. Um, we had a glorious time last night when the people all passing through the lines, and I think that more or less gives the people an idea to know that their pastor has the right to pray for the sick. And he does, and when I'm gone, I, I want you to remember, when you get sick again or something happens, you go to your pastor, he, he's the man of God that God sent to, to give you deliverance to his prayers when he prays for you. And you just believe him with all your heart when he prays and believe that God hears his prayers and God will do it. You believe that, don't you? Now, just two more nights of the service as for tonight. And we've had a lovely time here at Phoenix. I've enjoyed every hour I've been here. It's so heavenly like in the daytime when I go to Korea, I usually go out into the desert. And it's so peaceful out there. It just seems like God is near. How are you, Brother King? All right? How about you? First time I'd seen him for years, but I just recognized him. And I am happy to see in the building tonight that they say that many of our Spanish friends from the Spanish church have been coming down to, to see us, and I appreciate that. I'd sure like to see that little choir thing again that they had there, that young ladies with their wearing white veils and so forth. I thought it was so saintly looking. I would like to ask them maybe Sunday afternoon they might do. <laughs> I hope they do. Thank you, Horace. Just heard that Brother Petrus is going to be here tomorrow afternoon and tomorrow night. Fine, that is good. Brother Louis Petrus from Stockholm, Sweden, at the head of the Philadelphia Church, the greatest Pentecostal church in the world. And I had a meeting there for him, and I was at Stockholm, and they had all the how many thousand inside, and had to come down and beat a drum, send so many thousand up this way. And Trying to make a bunch of drums and send so many thousand that way before you get in the building to start ministering. And then one night, I've seen 500 people while I was praying for the sick. I stopped and I said, I don't know to an interpreter. I said, I feel very strangely led. But it seems to me the Holy Spirit wants to fill people. And I think it was 500 registered that they received the Holy Ghost at one time in, in, in a place where it was at. And so, Brother Petrus, I'll be very happy to get to see the old brother tomorrow night. It's just like my old grandfather that just went to meet God not long ago. Of course, he was quite a bit older than Brother Petrus. He was, he was 97, 98, I believe it was, years old. And I was thinking that was some age. My grandmother died 110. And so my grandfather on the other side died at 90-something. My grandmother on my mother's side died 30-something. So 
But most all my father's brothers died young. My father died at 52. The generations were getting weaker and wiser, as the Bible said. So we'll be happy. Already bring your friends out tomorrow night. We'll have Brother Petrus to speak a little for us tomorrow night. Would you like to hear him? He can speak in English just almost as good as in, in Swedish. A very fine brother. You'll enjoy him very much. Now, then Sunday afternoon, the Lord willing, the life story for Sunday afternoon, try to bring all the sinners that you know. Now, that's the day that I want many sinners to come out where we can have an altar call. Let's ask God to give us at least from three to 500 souls Sunday afternoon. Will you, will you pray for us? And now, you'll have to get them out here, each Christian, Make up your mind to bring some sinner friend Sunday afternoon. And and we'll do everything that we can to have an altar call and then let them go to the church of the choice, to go back to the churches wherever they can take up a, a membership. I remember one Sunday afternoon, Pensacola, Florida, I've seen two thousand except Jesus at one time. That's the biggest call we ever had in America. And I just heard from Brother Baxter from uh, British Columbia, which is to be the manager of the meetings in Africa, and uh, we're to leave for Africa on October the 1st, and our first meeting is in Johannesburg, October the 4th, in Johannesburg, uh, Southern Rhodesia, South Africa. And they're going, there's a little discussion where they get the natives or the, or the mixed, and so they're just going to have the mixed audience down there. Since that lady went out there, Mrs. Nightingale, I told you about the other night, it was so bad in the field. My, we hope to have a great landslide for the Lord. And I, I'm going to depend, and nights when I go into the platform, if God lets me go and live to go, I'm going to think when I walk up there, I can just shut my eyes and see a lovely bunch of people in fees to different places praying for me. That God will help me. And I'm going to depend on you. And if you ever want to do anything for me that will please me, you pray for me. That's, uh, that's one thing that I, I want you to do. Pray for me. Because I know prayer changes things. It even changes God's mind about things. changes God's program. You believe that? God can pronounce a certain thing that's going to be just that way, and prayer will change his mind about that. It has been done. Remember when Hezekiah was going to die and the prophet went up and told him to get his house in order? And then the Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and wept bitterly before the Lord. The Lord, he walked before him all those years with a perfect heart. And he wanted to be fed 15 years. And the prophet was done gone. But the Spirit of the Lord came up on the prophet and go back and tell him I heard his prayer. And after three days, he's coming down off the bed. After three days, he's coming off the bed. He, God could tuck him off the bed right then, couldn't he? Don't you believe that? But we have to know God's program and things. Just how he is. Now we're going to read some of the words and then just a comment or two on it. And then we're going to, to start the prayer line because I have, this has been a fast day. Fasting and praying that God would grant his blessings upon you people tonight. Now, over in the book of St. John, the fourth chapter, beginning with the 46th verse, I wish to read. And then I want to read just a, a little bit out of the 
fifth chapter of St. John, the twenty-second and the twenty-fifth verse inclusive. As I read, I want you to listen real close now to the word. Now, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word. Is that right? That's how we receive faith, is by hearing the word. Now, listen closely. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at premium. And when he had heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. I watched this distress. Then said Jesus unto him, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down, ere my child die. Now Jesus, look how he answered him back. He said, Except you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. And he said, Come down, ere my child die. I was trying to get Jesus to go to his house. Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him and went his way. I get the order of it. Now he wanted him to come down and pray for him. But Jesus kind of gave him a stoppage and said, Except you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. He said, Sir, come here, my son shall die. He said, Go your way, your son liveth. And the man believed what Jesus said. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. And then inquired he of them, The hour he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed in his whole house. This is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he came out of Judea and Galilee. Did you notice he referred that gradual healing to a miracle? And he wanted the man, wanted him to come down and pray for his son, and he wouldn't go. But he said, Thy son liveth, and the man believed what Jesus said. The man believed the word Jesus said. Now that's the point I want you to get. Believe what he said is the truth. Then when he met him, met his servants the next day, he, is, he said, Well, your son's still alive. Your son liveth. He said, Well, what time did he begin to amend? He said, at the seventh hour yesterday, the, the fever left him. About two o'clock, I guess. Ninth hour is at three. So I guess about two o'clock yesterday, he said, the fever left him. And the man said, yes, that's about the same hour when he told me my son was going to live. And he believed, and all this house believed with him. Because that Jesus said the word, and the man believed the word. See what I mean? I walked the man and said, now, wait a minute. I, I, want, I want you to come down and pray for my boy. The boy probably would have died. And 
Well, he said, now, I, I know, I believe you and everything, but I want you to come pray for me. But the man believed what Jesus said. He didn't go. He didn't grant him his request. But he met what he wanted, his son healed. He said, thy son liveth. And he believed it. Now, just another piece of scripture in the 10th chapter, the 22nd verse beginning. And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of dedications, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in the Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews around about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Now listen. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Let's bow our heads just a moment. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for the witness of the Holy Spirit in this room tonight, or this tent, tabernacle. We thank Thee for it, and we believe that the report of Jesus being the Christ, the Son of God, is the truth. We believe it because the Bible says so. And we accept it by faith, divine faith that's been placed in our heart by the Holy Spirit. We believe it with all of our hearts. And we believe that He is the same Lord Jesus today that He was yesterday and will be when we see Him coming. This same Jesus that was taken up will show, so come in like manner as you've seen him going to heaven. And we know that he promised to be with us in the form of the Holy Spirit come to the end of the world, the end of the age. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. And tonight we're thankful to be represented here, or gathered here rather, in a group of people that represent this glorious gospel of deliverance. After 1900 years, criticism, trying to destroy the Bible, infidels has raised and fallen. Many persecutions, more persecution upon the books than any other book in the world. But yet it's the greatest seller the world has. Heavens and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never fail. And tonight, here in the city of Phoenix, this land of the sunshine, thou hast people scattered throughout the earth, bearing record of the light. Shine upon us tonight, Lord. Send the Holy Spirit in me. Just get right down in every heart tonight. Real apostolic faith. Those who are willing to seal their testimony with their blood, believing the true story of the Lord Jesus, the angel of the Lord, behold, I bring you tidings of great joy. For now in our hearts is born Christ the Savior by the Holy Spirit. Thou didn't know that many times looking down through the age that you'd see that man would tamper with the Word and try to confuse people. 
But we're so thankful that you made a way. You said, I'll be with you. I'll be even in you to the end of the age. And we feel, know that you're here tonight. And our works that we come out, worship you, step out on your word. By faith we believe it. Works perfect that faith. And we're happy to be among those people. Now, Lord, testified in this building and across almost the entire world of the great angel who came up to thy humble servant, just a little baby laying there in the bed on a corn shuck pillow and a straw mattress. And now tonight, Father, you're moving showing signs and wonders, the great atomic age is here, nations against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms. The people are nervous. You said it'd be fear upon the earth, perplexed at the time, distress between the nations, man's heart failing. Oh, what a day that we're living in. May the Christians rise, shout at the armor, let the colors go to streaming. Stand in this great rank of believers, saying that Jesus is same yesterday, today, and forever, looking for him to come the second time in glory to redeem all those from the dust of the earth that sleep, that died in him. Then we won't have any more healing services, Lord. It'll all be over then. But this Lord will take on immortality, and we'll have a body like his own glorious body. We shall see him. Kneel down and rub his feet with bathed it with tears of joy that he's let us overcome and come to his house to live. But down by the evergreen trees where the crystal waters are flowing before the throne, there with everlasting life we then profess to walk up and down in the leaves of the healing of the nations. You'll study war no more, and all the plowshares enter the Swords will be beat into plowshares and pruning hooks. There'll be no more war, strife, no more sickness, and Satan will be bound and cast away. All for that great hour, Father, help us prepare now, while we ask it in the name of thy child, Jesus. Amen. We all look for the day that when we won't have to be sick anymore. I think of the great time that our Master will be here, how that he will take us then and we'll have the more sorrows, the heartaches. Now I want you to pray and be much in prayer while I speak to you just for a few moments. I promise you I wouldn't take much of the time so we can have a good long prayer line. I'm going to stay just as long as I can. I have sort of shirt and not let me stay just as long as I possibly could. Now, I notice the wheelchairs and things are thinning down. The Lord's are healing the people and they're getting well and going home and we're happy for that. And now, I want to speak just a moment or just bring your attention to a few words here that Jesus said, the works that I do bear witness of me. 
the things that I do, what I say, is what bears record of me. And that's what bears record of every person. You know, I'd rather you'd live me a sermon and preach me one. It'll be a, a better evidence that you're a Christian, isn't that right? Uh, a live a sermon. And what we are is, is what we live, what we do. Our action shows what we are. And if we say we have faith and then afraid to step out and claim our faith and put it to work, then our faith doesn't do as much good, does it? The Bible said that faith without works is dead, just as the body without the spirit is dead. So is faith without works. We must believe him. And as we believe, we must act on our confession. But we, we can't say it conscientiously unless we really believe it. And then if we really believe it, then we can say it with all of our hearts and know that God answers our prayer and gives us the desire of our hearts. I don't know whether we'll be able to speak much or not, friends. I just feel the angel of the Lord is so near. Now, it's been marvelous. Down to, if I sh should go tonight, last night there was a man sitting here in the building, come down, shook hands with some of his friends, went home in this morning, he was gone to eternity just in a few moments with a heart attack. You're here tonight and don't know God, why don't you receive him? Why don't you accept him? See, you don't know just what minute or hour these things are coming. Now, along the journey, it's been very good for me to get to meet with, with God's people. And I look out and see some of you here, old veterans that fought to win the prize and sail through bloody seas as the story goes, or the song. I think how, how little my life is and what, how little I'm doing for the Lord. I'm just running over the road that you, you carved out. There's only one defect I find amongst the Pentecostal folks. You know what that is? There's such a division among the people, and their different organizations is, is, is the same. I wish I could see you all with one heart and one accord. I, I wish I could. That's been my heart's desire. That's right. I've longed when I first come. I was ordained in the Baptist Church. Everybody knows that. And then I left the Baptist Church because I've I seen that the thing I say this with godly respect for every organization. I have nothing against any of them. But it becomes a political warfare amongst the people. And the people uh, don't hardly know how to take a hold of God. Like when I was here before, the group called the Womanist was the one sponsored my meeting. The other group would have nothing to do with it. This time it's just vice diversity. Three in this this time. Two in this is having it. Now if you got a two in this or five in this or whatever it is, I don't care what you believe in, brother. It ain't what you believe, it's who you believe. Jesus Christ. And the people look like it's so hard for you to get your hearts together. If you would break that down, people, are, and just uh, let the fellow believe whatever he wants to about it, then things are, doesn't amount to very much anyhow. 
It's just, the point of it is, God gives those the Holy Ghost who obey Him. Is that right? And if you've got the Holy Ghost, you've obeyed God. So let the other fellow believe anything he wants to, but have fellowship with one another. Be brothers. But as long as you are these, look, of course, this being a city of tourists, you may not love me after tonight. <laughs> that's right. But I, I, I'm around over town and feel that pressure of the Spirit. And I, I, I don't know many, many things I don't know. But I do feel that opposition pull. That's not right. That's not right. I've been anointed with this Spirit for the last two or three hours. And I, I know He wants me to say this. And, and dear Christians, as long as you do that and minister, you're going to stay in the kindergarten where you're at right now, and you'll never know more than fuss and fight with one another, that's all, until you get big enough to walk out there and shake hands with your brother and have fellowship. God will bring you up and restore all the gifts back to the church and take the church home. That's right. But until you get big enough to get out of that traditional denominational barrier, Oh, it's horrible. I tell you it is. The politics, you talk about our nation being, oh, look, look at what disunity in our nation's doing. Look what's happening right now. Right in the time of war. Isn't that horrible? That's a disgrace to our nation. Well, it's more than a disgrace to, uh, to Jesus Christ, the church and the disunity sin, just before the coming of the Lord and the loosening of the Antichrist on the earth. And here we are, separated with denominational barriers, I'm a Methodist, praise God, you couldn't shake me, and I'm a Baptist, and I'm a assembly of God, I'm the Church of God, I'm the uh, United Pentecostal Church, and oh my, what are any of you anyhow? That's right. What's any of us? Nothing. But what God would let us be, and it's all in the grace of God, so let's look to Him. Praise Him and associate with our brothers. If the brother's in an error, don't push him down. He's as far as he wants to be now, forward. Help him up. Give him a hand. Lift him up. Love him. No matter if he can't agree with you, love him anyhow. That's right. And just don't act like it. Do it. Pray till God gives you that kind of heart, and then you will do it. That's right. Now, it can be done. I deal with all your bunches. That's right. Now, I don't care who sponsors the meeting. That doesn't make any difference to me. I'm glad that one and then the other can do it. But it doesn't matter to me. I don't even know which is which and where is where. I don't care as long as you're Christian. As long as you love the Lord, I love you. And if you don't love the Lord, I love you anyhow. So, so I, I want you to do that when you meet one another on the street. Have the greatest of fellowship and friendship. Have prayer meeting, union prayer meetings together. And if you'll do that and break down that barrier, God will... You won't have to have some of these people around, going around over the country hearing a lot of impersonations. You'll have the genuine article of the Holy Spirit. That's right. That's true. After all, I'd rather have the love of God sealed in my heart than all the gifts there is in the Bible. That's right. I thought of that here a few nights ago. My little girl called me, and I told her she wanted me to come home to her. She loves me all my. And so I... I She's, I told her I sent her a little doll, but she didn't want the doll. She said, I want you, Dad. It's not your doll. See, she wants me. Well, that's the way I think about Jesus. I love his gifts and things to help his people, but I want Jesus, the love of God, sealed in your heart, pressed in, under all the world's pressed out, and you see nothing but the Lord. Love him. 
And if you love one another, you love the Lord. If you don't love one another, you can't love the Lord. He said so. That's right. And God can't move into you. But did you ever see an I believe, brother, uh, many times, if, if the church a lot of times would just let the Lord give the Holy Spirit to the people, <laughs> I better keep still. You won't have nothing to do with me at all. But listen, I, I, would you, uh, it won't hurt your feelings. I hope it don't. But look, you know what hurts the Pentecostal church? It's when you first started and the Holy Spirit began to fall upon it. Different men had different ideas, and they went off and broke up and made different organizations and things like that. And he got people down to the altar and got them all worked up and excited and, and got them to speak with tongues before the Holy Ghost. And they come in, and they went out and lived all kinds of lives because they didn't have the Holy Ghost in the first place. And that's just exactly what's done it. If you'd let the Lord add to the church daily such as you'd be saved, then it would be different. That's right. Keep your hearts together and move on. That's true. When God once signs his name across something like that, signs your name or the name of Christ, and a notary takes a seal and puts on there and presses that thing down, brother, it's there to say what I mean. You know what I'm speaking of. Now, I'm not preaching eternal security either. Being above this, no, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about, it's just no easy thing to rub away from the Holy Ghost when God once seals that love into your heart, the things that come for dead, the things that were... If you've got the really genuine baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's right. Now, that's what caused a disgrace upon the church because people just get their fleshly ideas and get to run away with things. That's why these different denominations and things, you just got, well, I belong to this and they don't get along with that group, so I won't either... Break that thing down. You people do it among yourselves. If you are in the church, you going to do it. Grab a hold of your brother's hand, shake his hand, do it anyhow. We got to get ready for Jesus coming. That's all. That's right. And love it. And uh, the heads of the church will finally have to come together or God will get run out. <laughs> well, I may get run out of here after a while if I keep that up once. But uh, that's the truth. And God knows that's the truth. And I'll be responsible at the day of judgment if I'm not telling you the truth. So this big country here of all these big fine churches going around the world, this big one and this one and that one, all full gospel churches, if you just come together, oh my, why there would be such a, a revival or a sweet phoenix here, or you just isolate yourself in one little group, nobody's going to believe you anyhow, and they oughtn't to. I wouldn't have been a sinner, I wouldn't believe you. No, sir, when you talk about the love of God and don't show it, then I, I think you're talking about something you ain't got. That's just exactly by their fruits you shall know them. That's exactly right. Amen. So get your hearts together. Be one in Christ. And then when they're started old-fashioned revival, this church is going in with this one. Well, down there in Kentucky, where I come from, if it was a Methodist or a Baptist, well, what difference did it make any difference? Well, we all went down there and the Baptist picture baptized. Well, this is enough to baptize the Baptist. We all picked up around that. He talks about Baptist. Brother, we ain't that bad. This way, Baptist is not for tonight. I thought, shake your hand. Put your name on a piece of paper. We get out the other room. Greet one of the Baptists. We come see who's back at me. That's right. Grab a picture of one. When they come together, look, when Solomon built the temple, it was cut out from all over the world. But when they come together, there wasn't a buzz of a song or the sound of a hammer. Every block, no matter this might have been cut like one, this and this and two, this and this and three, this and this and five, this or 
whatever it was, but when they come together, they went dovetail one with the other. That's right. And there wasn't any arguing, there wasn't any buzzing, there wasn't any fussing, they just went together and made the temple of God. That's right. And I believe that God is cutting out everywhere born again children of God and go to bring them together. I may not live to see it, but I hope I do. But someday you're going to have to, you remember these young people sitting here, someday those denominational barriers and ideas that fanatics has got out there and scooped around and separated the people will be taken away and God will bring his church together and take it home just as certain as anything in the world. It's going to come that prophecy. Remember that. I spoke that in the name of the Lord. Now you can put that down upon the book. Now that was true. I didn't know what I was saying, going to say that. Now that's right. That's how God will bring his church together. You can depend on that. And as long as you argue and fuss with one another, you're in the kindergarten. God will just keep you there until you learn enough to get out of it. But, oh. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Get out. Have faith. Step out on the word of God. Jesus said, we, the disciples come and said, we've seen one cast out devils and we forbid him. There starts your denomination again. said, forbid him not. <laughs> Amen. Be one with him. That's the whole. Go join up. If you won't join up, don't forbid him. Go on. That's the way to do. Now, Watch closely. Jesus said, The works that I do bear record of me. The works that you do bear record of you. Jesus said, This will all men know that you are my disciples when you have love one for the other. Is that right? Then your works bear record of you. When you, and a man that says that he loves me and hates his brother, loves me who he has not seen, and hates his brother who he has seen, he's a liar and the truth not in him. Is that right? That's exactly the truth. Friends, that gospel wasn't written in vain. That's the truth. We look over these great big Greek words and so forth. Somebody told me not long ago and said, I was talking something on this already. He said, what business you got saying that with a seventh grade education? I said, I might not read but the seventh grade, but I read a whole carload of them. I know what I'm talking about. If it's up to the seventh grade, and I know one thing that people look over trying to get their people educated, they send them off to these uh, cemeteries or seminaries, all the same thing, that's about right, uh, a dead place, a seminary preacher always reminds me of an incubator chicken, a little incubator chicken, this church hurt and ain't got no mammy to go to, <laughs> that's just about the way this reading, writing, and arithmetic gets in great big swell words while you go to the top of the common people anyhow. What of it? You look way out out there and leave out judgment and mercy and so forth, which you should know, and the love of God that shut up blood in our hearts by the Holy Ghost that tears down traditions and builds us up in Christ Jesus, new creatures in his love and power. That's the things that we ought to have. Amen. We go to the top of that and go out there some big Greek words. Somebody told me, said, well, preacher, you don't know the Greek words. I said, you don't know the Bible, right? If you know this word, don't mean this. It means that. I said, brother, I know the author. <laughs> brother, I know his book. Amen. <laughs> I'd better have the author anyhow, anytime. His book's fine. That's right. But I'd better know the author, wouldn't you? And you know him by the love. Though I speak the tongue as many angels and have not charity, it profits me nothing. Right? 
Right. Now, I'm not against speaking in tongues. I'm not against any of God's gifts or any of His blessings or the Holy Spirit. I'm just saying we're leaving off that one thing that's more important than all. That's the love of God. Amen. That makes us one in Christ Jesus. What's the matter with me here tonight? You know, you're on the hill praying for a half a day here, and then come back here and preaching the gospel before the people in the healing meeting. I don't understand it, but maybe God wants it that way. All right, whatever God wants, amen. I, never, I was going to speak tonight about how to believe his word, but it was started something else. Well, he's here. And if I speak the truth, God bears record of me, and if I don't speak the truth, he'll have nothing to do with me. Is that right? And remember, little children, I don't care what church you belong to or what you have done, how well you've done this or that or the other, how much you put into the collection plates, or if you're a deacon, preacher, pastor, or a good lay member, whatever it is, you will never come into the kingdom of God until the Holy Spirit has sealed you in the kingdom by His divine love. That's the whole Christian world is your brother and sister. That's right. The world sealed out and the God sealed in when you love one another truly with divine Christian love. That's right. Then you know the Holy Spirit really is working through you. Then. That's right. Then by their fruits you shall know them. Now, Oh, I just love him. One of these days when I come back from overseas, if God permits, I just want to cross across the country holding revival somewhere, just taking the word and, and preaching the word and calling for sinners where we just have to talk on as be just simple as, as rough as cornbread and molasses, but it, 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 it's good. It, it's right. What you know, tell what you know anyhow. Now, now remember, I'll say this, I remember no difference with the denominations, whether you belong to the one church or the other church, that just organizations has got together to keep out a lot of fanaticism and things, which is a very good thing. I'm not against the organization, no sir, but I'm against them barriers that keeps the organization away from somebody else. That's that's the thing it is, see, just to keep you from having fellowship one with another. Now, do that. Have fellowship with all people, all God's children. And when we get up there, you'll find it'll be that way when we get to heaven. Now, God bless all the organizations. They're just fine. I have nothing against them. I don't belong to any of them. see, I try to stand in the preacher and say, Jesus loves you all. See, just stand in the preacher and quit uh, arguing about one another's religion and so forth and, and stand, the, stand there and love one another. And then if you don't do that, if you can't do that, then you ought to come to the altar and get right with God. That's right. Well, you say, brother, I've been a deacon for 20 years. I don't care how long you've been a deacon. Deaconship ain't going to take you to heaven. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that's shed abroad in our hearts for the Holy Spirit will take you up. That's right. So you must be right with God, with a good, mellow, sweet feeling towards everybody, ready to do a favor, be a kind brother to, or sister to the person that you really know is your enemy. The Bible said, love your enemy. That's true. Now, we pass over those things. 
these great words that we learn and things that we do and gifts and everything, that's fine, but you better get the giver before you start at the gift. God can't trust his gift with everybody. Do you believe that? When God gives you a gift, you have to watch what you're doing with it. Do you believe that? Did you know a man could take a gift of God and send his soul to hell with it? Do you believe that? Certainly. How many believe that Moses was a prophet? Let's see your hand. Sure he was. He was a, one of the elect prophets. He was a major prophet. The forerunner of Jesus Christ. He was a priest in his office, just like Christ is a priest in the office. And watch. God trusted Moses, found favor with him, and made him a great prophet and gave him great powers. And Moses, God told Moses that the rock had been smitten once, he said, go out and speak to the rock. But Moses is angry. And he went out and said, you rebels, to the children of God, you rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And he smoked the rock, and he smote it again. And it brought us water. But that broke the whole program of God right there. Any Bible reader knows that. That's the one place in the Bible where God's entire program was broken. For the rock was Christ. Is that right? And the judgments of God only smote Christ one time. He was only smitten once. And from this on, you just speak to the rock, and it brings its water. You don't smite it. He don't have to die to save you. He don't have to die to heal you or heal you. He's already died once to heal every one of you. You just speak to the rock, and it brings forth its water. Oh, man, there you are. Speak to the rock, and it'll bring forth its water. Are you on speaking terms with him tonight? Speak to him. He'll bring forth the waters, the waters of life, waters of healing. Where the healing waters flow, you've heard it sung many times. That's why I just speak to him. And see if it isn't right. Now notice. Now, Moses spoke the rock. Second time, representing that Christ should come to earth and die again. Now he had power to bring forth the water out of the rock, whether it was God's will or not. Did you know that? Everybody will admit that it wasn't God's will. But Moses done it anyhow. He had power. God entrusted him to be a prophet. He gave him those powers to do that. And he found out that his servant failed him. And he glorified himself in the sin of God. And then what happened? God dealt with Moses then, didn't he? Not with the children, with Moses. The Holy Spirit is given to a man, and gifts are given to a man, but you have to watch what you're doing with those divine gifts. Look at Elijah. Seen Elijah go up and ask for a double portion of his spirit. He was a young fellow. He was bald-headed when he was young. And when he was on his road returning home, a bunch of children ran out and said, Bald-headed, oh, bald-headed, why didn't you go up with Elijah? And that angered prophet turned around there and cursed those little innocent children in the name of the Lord. And two she-bears come out of the woods and kill 42 little innocent children. Is that right? That's the Bible. You think that's the nature of the Holy Spirit? No, sir. No, sir. But that prophet was angered. And he had power to do that. He could curse those children if he wanted to. He could take it or leave it. You believe that's in do with people who are gifted from God? Sure it is. Look at the prophet Elijah. When he was sitting down there, he said, Here comes Jerome, Ahab's son. And here comes Jehoshaphat. 
the king of Eden has come down, wanted to consult him. And he said, when he said, why don't you go to your mother's God, to your father's God? He said, if it wasn't that I respected the presence of Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even look to you. Is that right? Now, it was in the prophet's will to do whatever he wanted. He could leave him or take it or leave it. Is that right? That's the Bible. If you believe it. But he said, nevertheless, bring, he got all angered up to bring me a minstrel, and the minstrel began to play, and the spirit come up on the prophet. And then he began to see a vision. He said, go dig some ditches. Dig deep ditches and told him what all would take place, and it took place just exactly like the prophet said. Is that right? So, friends, find divine love and favor with God, then God, if he finds favor with you, will give his gifts into you. But first, find the giver. Seek the giver, then the gift will come as God sees fit to give it to you. Do you believe that? So now, when you go around like this and different uh, uh, people seeking all night for gifts and things like that, go back to you and find love when you shake hands with your brother across the street. And then you talk more about getting the gifts then. That's right. When you get the love of God in your heart, then you talk about the gifts. Now, what a harsh message tonight to a group of people waiting for healing. But I can't help this. Something's just making me say this. I'm trying my best to quit. I, that's the truth, friends, in my heart. I'm trying to quit, but it just won't let me quit. I, I don't know. God, the day of judgment will know. I had a, something here to speak about tonight in the Bible, but it's just something that when I start, it just whirls me around out into something else. And I'm not a fanatic, and I know that God is here, and I know the Holy Spirit is here now to heal the people. I do not understand all of his words. I remember the first time I just asked the angel of the Lord had appeared and told me to go pray for the sick people and he'd make them well, if I could get the people to believe me. Brother King, the last time when you were here where I was with you up the little Spanish church, they would, uh, the only way I knew the people was when they had a germ disease that would vibrate over my hand. Remember me telling you that it's come a time where the people... Secrets of the heart would be known, is that? That's what the Lord has done. That's what he's done now. And hear me. Listen, word down, it's still in its infancy. Can you burn any record of that? It's in its infancy. If I can only keep humble before God. God let me live. I believe the hours coming feels like I'm in a little tributary here out to a great ocean out yonder. Someday he's going to let me cross that last mark yonder out into that tributary, not the tributary, but out into the mainland. Main waters, bodies of water. Then great things will be done just at the end before the tribulation. Now, remember when that angel had told me that, I remember the first time I went downtown to my little girl. She was just about two weeks old. I asked the Lord if he waited till she was born, then I would go out for him. I went down in town to cash my check. I went into the drugstore to get my check cash because I had to get some bottle cap for the baby to drink catnip tea, I believe they call it. And uh, I, I think that's what it is. You mothers know uh, uh, catnip tea. So 
and I was to get some bottles and caps for it. And um, so I went in to cash my check, and I noticed as I went in, I still had my uniform on. I was state game warden of Indiana. And I went into the drugstore, and the bus was stopped right there, and a fellow got off and looked at me kind of odd. I went in, in a few minutes, I'd forgot all about it, and I'd come back out, and there was that fellow standing there looking at me again. I thought, well, he don't want to, he wouldn't try to hold me up, me armed and everything else. So I started walking on, just to count my change out, put it back in my pocket, and I felt a hand lay on my shoulder. He said, sir, and I said, yes, sir. He said, pardon me. He said, uh, are you an officer? I said, I work for the conservation of Indiana here. And he said, uh, well, I've seen you go in just a few moments ago, and I thought maybe he said, uh, I'm wanting some information. He said, I'm, I live in Paducah, Kentucky. He said, and I've been failing in health for some time. He said, last evening, he said, while I was asleep, I dreamed I saw an angel come down from heaven, and he come and told me to come to this city of Jeffersonville and asked for somebody by the name of Branham and said, I thought maybe uh, if you might know that there's anybody here named Branham. My, my heart just felt like it would uh, come out of me. I stood there. I said, my mother runs a little boarding house around the corner. He said, is her name, is your name Branham too? And I said, brother, come here just a minute. I stood on the corner and I told him all about, about three weeks before that, this angel came down and how this nurse had been down and been... When I took over her hand, it was, she was healed with the cancer and, uh, from uh, 21 years graduating, all what had taken place. And he started crying, and we knelt right down the corner of Court Avenue in Spring, and I prayed for him. And when I raised up, the people were standing back with their hats off, standing there in respect to prayer, and God moved down and healed that man right on the corner where he was at. Why? God had foreordained, and it must come to pass. I remember when I told a, a bishop there, I said that I'm to go out and pray for people, and a great crowds will come from everywhere, and I'm to pray for monarchs and kings. Why, he said, you eat something for your supper and had a nightmare, boy, go on back home. And you notice in the voice of healing, Brother Gordon's little paper that he puts out, in there, that same man come back, Dr. Roy Davis, and testified that he was ashamed of himself for the things that he had said, and he himself praying for the sick now. Oh, my. I remember one night at Camden, Arkansas, I was standing speaking like this, and the angel of the Lord came in, and a minister by the name of Adams, his father was a minister here in Phoenix long ago. Some of you might have known him, a fellow by the name of Adams, I believe. Used to be here long ago. I don't know whether he was a Pentecostal man or what. His son, as soon as that world come in and settled down, where was that? The picture of it's back there in my book. And he run to me to grab my hand, and when he did, he just blinded his eyes and he curled his head down. And a reporter standing there shot the picture. The next morning, I never forget it. I was up there. I heard someone knocking on the door. There's a man watching the door. His organ out there, he said, well, I just want to speak a word to the brother. He said, I'm a reporter. He said, I can't help who you are. My orders is that nobody in there. It's prayer time. And so I went to the door and asked him to come in. And he came in. He said, Brother Branham, he said, look here. He showed me that picture. 
said, Ralph, I, I thought that was psychology myself, but here it is in the picture. He said, here it is. It absolutely took the picture. And he said, I belong to the Baptist church, but I want to receive the Holy Spirit the way you all got it. And I said, well, all right, brother. Somebody knocked at the door again, and what it was, I thought it was a room lady, and it was the, the uh, uh, manager of the hotel. A lady come in, she's swinging the key around on her finger. She said, Brother Brennan, I was down there last night. I seen that too. And she said, look, she said, I, 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 I want to be born again. I, a manager of the hotel. And then I raised up the curtain there, had the lights on, turned the lights off, raised up the curtain. I said, see a little white road coming down through them pines up there? I said, about five days ago, I stayed about four hours up there looking down over this city. He said, God, I was just a baby in the way then, about a, been about a month or two after it come to me. I said, please let your angel visit down through that city and stir them people like never before. There they knelt on their knees there, both the reporter and the manager of the hotel, and both got saved and born again. About an hour later, a little boy came to the door with a message, a little telegram boy. He said, Brother Brandon, my daddy was laying over last night. It's had something wrong with his back for years. He said he's healed. He said, little tears running down his cheeks. He said, I want to know Jesus, too. i got a different daddy now. I said, brush your little heart, honey. Shut the door and come in here. He's here. You can find him right here. There, that little fellow knelt on his knees and put his little cap down on the floor, gave his heart to Christ, went down the room of shouting and praising God, rolling his hands around. What is it? The grace of God that shut a blood in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Next day, they take me down to a little church there where I was to speak for a little while. It's pouring down rain. I come out of the church. Wasn't well, I had no healing service, just to speak. And I started out of the service. I'll never forget it. And two policemen were standing there to take me out. I started walking out, and people just screaming, standing there, and, and trying to get in around where the line was. And when I started out, I kept hearing somebody hollering, Mercy, mercy, mercy. I looked standing on a little knoll right in kind of back of the church. There stood an old gray-headed colored man, just a little rim of hair around his head here, and he's gray, and he was holding his hat like this. He stood off from the white people. And I'm hollering, mercy, mercy, mercy. I thought, oh, Father, and I started to move on. I felt something move. I looked back again. I just felt it full like that. I started to turn around. That priest said, where are you going, Reverend? I said, the Holy Spirit wants me to go up to where that colored man is. He said, don't you do that, boy. And these white people are pulling at you like that. said, you cause a race right? I said, I can't help what your laws are. The Holy Ghost tells me to go to where that man is. And I went on up there where he was at. Not when he did, I, they ring, a little ring around like that to keep the people off. And I never will forget his wife said, Honey, here comes the parson. And I got up real close to where he was. And he said, Oh, mercy, mercy, holding his hands up like that, his cap in his hand. And I said, What do you want, sir? He said, Is you Parson Branham? I said, Yes, sir. He said, Just a minute. He put his hands on my face and said, is this you? I said, yes, sir. He said, yes, sir. He said, Parson Brown, I, I want to tell you something. I said, go right on, Uncle. And he said, my old mammy had the same kind of religion you got. And I religion. 
said that she got the same kind of religion you got. Said I lived about a hundred miles from here, and said my old mammy's been dead for many years. Said I've been blind for nearly ten years now, and said I never heard of you in my life. And last night after I went to bed, I woke up and said just as plain as I ever seen my old mammy, she was standing by my bedside. She said, "Honey, arise and put on your clothes and go to Camden, Arkansas. <laughs> You'll get your sight." Oh my! Oh, when I think about those things, I can see it now. There, that old aged man standing there. I thought about old blind Bartimaeus at the gate. I said, "Heavenly Father, I do not know what to do. Only put my hands on this brother." I said, "God." I don't understand his mother coming to him in a dream. I said I cannot understand this. Only I ask you to give him back his sight. I turned around like I started to walk away. He said, "Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord." She says, "Honey, do you see?" He said, "Sure, I see." Well, I told you I got on your eyes. See? She says. Well, you really see, honey? Said, sure. See that red car around all that people? That's the car I was going to. She said, Oh, Jesus! And they throw their arms around one another and started screaming. What was it? God. People may not recognize God's gift when He comes down from heaven, but God's able to speak to some other resource and to reveal it down. I tell you, when God sends anything, the wise man realized nobody else saw that star, but them wise man, they were looking for it. And Jesus is here tonight in His power and all of His power to heal every person that's in this building. If you're looking for Him, you'll find Him. He's here. There's a fountain open tonight, brother. When a man hungers and thirsts for God, there's bound to be something in there to create that thirst. If there's no, if how many things you can be healed by divine healing? Let's see your hand. What put that in your heart? That's a creation. Is that right? There's a creation in your heart making you believe that. Before there can be a creation, there has to be a creator to create it. Sure. Here I am, I was reading where a little baby eats a pedal off of a bicycle. The doctor said, you know what's the matter? Said the little fellow's craving sulfur in his body. There was a deep in there calling for sulfur. See, something in there that was calling for sulfur. And David said, "As a heart thirsts after the water, brook, so my soul thirsts after the old God." I'm a hunter myself, and I know what it is to see the heart wounded, running. He's painting, looking for the water brook. If he can ever get to the water, the hounds are behind him. If he can ever get to the water brook, he gets some water. He'll live. If he can't find the water brook, the hounds will catch him soon. Here you are tonight, wounded by the devil. He shot cancer into you, blindness, deafness, crippled, and everything else. Arthritis, heart troubles. He shot that into you with his arrows, and the demons of hell is galloping behind you if you don't get to the water brook first after God. Hallelujah! If there's a thirst in your heart, come here for the water brook. It shows there's a touch of God somewhere where mankind can buy. There is a fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Tongue beneath the blood, lose all their guilty stains. Oh, how I love him, Heavenly Father. We thank thee tonight from the depths of our hearts that there is a fountain open tonight. 